I'm glad you're listening to this, and I thank you for the opportunity to move you in a good way. I'm Oren Moore, and this is Two Poems Read and Heard, in which I explore a theme through two poems and seek to spread wonder and woe-wow to more humans through poetry. I've been getting a lot of positive feedback on the pod, which heartens me. Help me further in this endeavor with a follow, words from your mouth, and the internet if it pleases you. Sharing this takes 10 to 20 seconds and will give you a dopamine hit. Dopamine. Yum. If you like this vibe, get ready for my poetry collection titled Broetry, Poetry for the Well-Endowed Man, coming out in 2022. Last week's theme was going. And if you keep going, eventually you get to midlife. The theme today is midlife. As an intro to the first poem today, titled The Feast and written by Robert Haas, I'll mention that his poems are known for their West Coast of the USA subjects and vibes. West Coast, best coast, brah. Robert Haas, that's H-A-S-S if you want to search him up, was born and grew up in California, and he's been U.S. Poet Laureate and won so many awards. This poem was published in 1979. The Feast The lovers loitered on the deck talking, the men who were with men and the men who were with new women, a little shrill and electric, and the wifely women who had repose and beautifully lined faces and coppery skin. She had taken the turkey from the oven, and her friends were talking on the deck in the steady sunshine. She imagined them drifting toward the food in small groups, finishing sentences, lifting a pickle of a sliver of turkey, nibbling a little with unconscious pleasure. And she imagined setting it out artfully, the white meat, the breads, antipasto, the mushrooms and salad arranged down the oak counter cleanly, and how they all came as in a dance when she called them. She carved meat, and then she was crying. Then she was in darkness crying. She didn't know what she wanted. The feast is dense in its display, averaging almost nine words per line, with each line extending at least halfway across the width of the page the poem is given to. Robert Haas also cooked up a feast of commas in this poem, and it makes for a great poetic display, with the comma usage not getting in the way of the poem's smoothness. Haas shows further talent and craft in melding this smoothness within precise imagery that he's known for, painting pictures like the wifely women who had repose and beautifully lined faces and coppery skin, painting pictures like lifting a pickle of a sliver of turkey, nibbling a little with unconscious pleasure. And yet, while smooth and precise, the feast does not rhyme. While I love rhyme, it would have worked against this poem's thrust. Whether the reader thinks the poem describes a mental breakdown or perhaps a spiritual moment of truth, either way there is uneasiness and discordance in this woman's experience of the feast. The feast ends in no well-tied bow or rhyme, no resolving of what came before. This poem is about breaking patterns, not making them. Rhyme does the latter. In terms of the poem's core vibe and germinating seed, 
Haas seems to be tapping into this common way of thinking in a certain and sizable subset of the population that's all in on the meritocracy and wealth creation game that goes something like, if I can just, if I just get good grades in school, go to good college, study hard, get good first job, keep working hard, invest widely, get great second job, keep going, keep going, grinding, bam, boom, it's done. I got what I wanted. Wait, what now? And my beauty is waning? Damn. Don't get me wrong. This is not some poetic hippie money and nice things are bad take. Indeed, if you think money is bad, feel free to unload your money on me. My Venmo is Oren-more. I also accept Bitcoin, cash, wire transfer, gold. I'm easy. Just send it over if you think being less wealthy will make you more happy. I kid, ha ha, unless you're going to do it. You can Venmo me. Dopamine. Yum. The point is that while getting there, to this place of material plenty via long-delayed gratification can be all it's cracked up to be and can be helpful in finding happiness and peace of mind for some, especially in midlife, like this woman in the feast who we see the scene through, there is a moment of clarity in this materially ideal situation, drifting towards the food in small groups, finishing sentences, setting it out artfully, the white meat, the bread, and how they all came in a dance when she called them. I sense no fire, no goal beyond, for it has all come true. The ideal feast, the ideal bed, with some bougie thread count, an ideal of comfort way beyond that of literal kings and queens of long ago. Way beyond. People used to go hungry for days while wearing modified potato sacks while getting rained on. It's easy to know what you want in that situation, what your purpose is. It's to get warm and dry and fed and figure out some better clothing technology. Nowadays, and for the circle of friends at this feast, it's 72 degrees and steady sunshine all day long. They've moved on from potato sacks for shirts and they feast whenever desired. The struggle for purpose changes from physical and material wants to those of the spiritual. It's a better game to be playing, but also less clear cut. Which brings us nicely into getting into the poem's great and final lines, because if they weren't great, they wouldn't be final lines in a great poem. Notice the twist that brings us the whoa-wow end. Quote, She carved meat, and then she was crying. Then she was in the darkness crying. She didn't know what she wanted. It's sad but also hopeful, because when you get to midlife, there's no time for frittering around. And so... If she didn't know what she wanted, it's time to find out. As we live, each day is a smaller fraction of our overall life. Unlike much, this we know for sure to be objectively true. Hashtag maths. But we do not know how long we have left and thus how much of our lives, fractionally or otherwise, that we have lived. The second poem to be read and heard today I have titled The Third Third. It builds on the theme of midlife and what I just said about fractions in life and so forth. Hashtag relevant poem introduction. The Third Third. In the afternoon's third third, the shadows longer from sun lower, Shading light softer, so that I want my eyes again naked, except facing west just so, the sun ahead and low, 
making for a too bright glow on eyes that now heavy squint and want again the sunglass tint or better yet some hint of a way home without shades down a path that evades the glare gracefully seeing open-eyed and fully in my life's third third or perhaps it is now the fifth fifth I lose track of time and cannot know the future besides the coming night and that the wind will return no matter the shade of light. What do you want to feast on in this fraction of your time?